Is this ready? Yeah. I could do the Georgia Church of Chill while we're down here. Oh my gosh, we should do a Georgia Church of Chill. <coughs> Georgia, on my mind. God, Willie Nelson's the best. He really is one of the great American icons. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always thought that, and then we went to his show, and he comes out, and the lights come on, and the biggest American flag you've ever seen just comes down, and you're like, oh, that's the first time I saw that flag where I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah <laughs> totally. You know? Because totally. if that's proud what it to represents. Be an American. He, Willie makes me proud to be an American. For Definitely. sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. This place is a joke in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not even really a thing. It's like a front, you know, for organized crime. Yeah. That we all buy into, but. Man, we've made some fucking really awesome art. The uh, American artists, I feel like. I fucking love America. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> I it, it do. is. It's the best. I grew up being so embarrassed because when I uh, moved to London as like a you know, three, four year old or whatever, and I was learning how to speak and had more of an American accent, all of the British kids in school were like, you're not American. And I was like, I suppose, or you're not British. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm not British. I'm American or whatever. And then, you know, everybody who's not in America makes so much fun of Americans. And I traveled abroad and that's yeah. all you ever hear. I know. So I know. especially like I'm Texas, I'm from Houston, Texas. Like it used to be something I'd just keep close to my chest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't know about it. You're real American. <laughs> yeah. Is that the most American state? When when people do impressions of us overseas, that's the that's what they're doing. They're yeah. not, you know, they're Good doing wide body yeah, yeah, exactly. Accent. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I feel like I and then when I move, obviously the harsh move from London to Houston was such a culture shock that I like hated the United States. Yeah. The biggest thing uh, I I don't think I've said this on the podcast was that literally school was segregated. So in London, like n nothing, my best friends growing up were Indian. There was no segregation naturally in schools. And then I came to the States and I went to a public school. It was like at the end of eighth grade. And this was a school with like 2000 kids in a grade. So the biggest school that I had been to, but you walk into the cafeteria at lunchtime and it's self segregated. I know. And yeah. it just crushed me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at the time I had a British accent. So, you know, I was in class and I remember very vividly in a math, mathematics class in my red polo and our uniform like khaki skirt doing my presentation and having a little bit of like british affectation of my voice and people just like laughing in the back oh. and making fun of me and so i switched back into my you my southern in. draw pretty fast yeah i'm lucky that i'm rather chameleon like and i yeah. can uh, yeah. but when i used to start drinking it, it, my british accent used to come out mm. which was funny but anyways my British I, accent comes out when I drink too. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long journey of loving America. Yeah. And when I was moving from Hawaii, it was this big thing of like, okay, should I move to London or should I move to New York to go follow a tattoo career in a big marketplace? Mm. And it was really just the weather at the time that I was like, it's going to be a little bit better in New York. I haven't bit. lived there yet. I don't yeah. really know what it's about. Um, but between New York and road tripping has really also brought my love deeper for America. Yeah. And just being more of an artist and studying art and music and American art. Like, yeah, I really like, you couldn't pay me to live in London or Europe or anywhere else. Right, like I'm yeah. American through and through. I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, I want to be in it with you guys wherever you're at. Yeah. Even though it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. I love it. Proud to be an American. You know what really made me proud to be an American that we were talking about just a couple of days ago too is when we OG'd that girl in ketamine. She was oh. talking shit about American ketamine and I was like, well, 
Oh my god. Welcome best to the South, baby. Fucking story. <laughs> yeah. We won't tell it any deeper in full right no, now. Well, but no, I, I was why not? like America. Why not? American I think, trucks. I think we, we, we don't have to use names. Which but. probably came from Europe anyway, but. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but we still get the best shit. Wherever we fucking pillage it from. We do. <laughs> we source the best shit. God damn we it. definitely do. Well, anyway, I, it, it, we, it, it's crazy. We can't, like, it, we can't really <laughs> we can't, tell this story in the way it needs to be. But yeah, this girl basically came to our spot and uh she had recently moved to america from eastern europe and she and, died yeah she just died on ketamine she, but uh, not before she she's holding the straw giving a 20 minute speech about how americans don't even know about drugs we don't get real ketamine we don't get the good shit here's what the good shit's all about i've done so much blah 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 <laughs> just building it up and we're all sitting there like uh-huh 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 she does a line and fucking dies <laughs> which is i think we've said a, a tri- like it's a trope if you talk shit about the drug you're about to do it will take you down we've yep. seen it oh, many yeah. times before yeah. with the many better men oh <laughs> yeah that yeah. have done a many more you drugs. can't even od on ketamine <laughs> yeah. and then they're puking on themselves i'm like yeah. jesus christ it yeah. really brings us back to the primary conversation of panpsychism like the drugs have their own consciousness yeah you gotta be careful what you do with your shit yeah, you should yeah. like. That's why, like, you want to put it on like a little pretty altar and get it all charged up, and you know, because w- I believe the whole blessing thing. You know, a, a rice that says "I love you" and then rice that's like "fuck you." <laughs> totally. <laughs> the crystalline structure of the water molecules is like um, less chaotic in the mm-hmm. one that has love. There's more harmony. There's more sense to it, and so. Wow. We. I believe in it. I have yet to do the experiment myself, but I, I've. You haven't cursed I've, your drugs before you've taken them yet, but we've seen people. I do have, it. though. No, because I have cursed my drugs in the worst trips I've had because I will. The early acid trips, I used to be like, all right, it's time to dose. Like, let me send this email real quick. Close my computer, put the tab on my tongue, and be like, all right. You didn't honor it. And I didn't honor it, and I would fucking be a space case mess, stress mess of like confusion and chaos because i didn't honor it and set the space and set the intention and and all the things that you can do to cater and and support a good set and setting which i think is important for more drugs than we give it credit for i think there's weed you know uh, totally everything yeah everything yeah weed is my set and setting (laughs) (laughs) you're like my set and setting's fucked No, it's it's so true. Um, all 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 the talks you do, all the talks matter. All the things you say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm high right now. <laughs> I should probably get a little bit more high. I have be been so into these jabs, so I want to keep talking about how much I love America. Oh yeah. uh, well, no, I want to ask Cass this. Okay, you're what really American. You, I'm like fake American. What makes you proud <laughs> to be an American? Because I because we spend you. an inordinate amount of time shit talking. Me. <laughs> yeah, I love Thank my you. American boy. Yeah, Jesus she does love me, man. <laughs> that Sorry much is clear. I know, I know you love <laughs> me too. That much is clear. <laughs> but Cass is like obsessed, and you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You'll uh, get there. Um, what makes me proud to be an American? I mean, the artist, obviously. Um, maybe all like the movies pre two thousand. Um, oh, great movies! Great like movies. For, from the seventies <laughs> till like the mid nineties. Yeah, I'm pretty into some of. Uh, we've done some good series. Uh, um, I'm not proud of like 
our how we set up cities. I think that's pretty abysmal and depressing. And yeah, yeah, all that stuff is pretty um, dark. But I'm I'm proud of how the th- the fringes thrive in this country in a way that they have to. And it's almost like the oppression of this country creates like the dichotomy where it's like these counterculture things are are real and powerful and yeah. thrive in in the darkest of crevices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we have the best art because we have and so two things. I think we have the best art and we're the least fun to party with for the same reason. Mm. And this is actually true because I love America and, and Americans and stuff. But partying anywhere else is way more fun. Partying in Europe is way more fun. Partying in this way more fun. And this is something that yeah. many people have studied, right? Yeah. Many clubbers, many DJs. Why is that? Um, basically, people have come to the consensus that it's this aspect of the American psyche. It's that in America, people think they're the main character. Mm. Everybody lives with their story, their story, your mm-hmm. specific story. And so when you walk into a party, you walk into that with your story and you walk into the assumption that you're the main character and everything is feeding this story of you being the main character. And it's why we have amazing art because we're more tapped into Godhood. Mm. We do understand belief system is more individualized. We, it's like a deeper understanding, I think of what's going on, but it also breeds more chaos and darkness and stuff because it is more, it's less collectively focused, but collective focus also suppresses creativity. Those two things are the same yeah. thing. Um, so it's why we have the best art and we're the least fun to party with. Um, and so I've been trying to be more like, you know, okay, that's a, that is a part of my personality. That's what makes me good at making things, right? Is this ability to build stories and believe in them, even if it's a delusion and stand by it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am ready for more of the queer culture of, uh, art to come into our, our party zone and understand, um, maybe how to break down some of that mm. for fun's sake yeah. within the moment but yeah something i've noticed about the american psyche but i love it yeah yeah i i love um how big this place is you know you go to other countries and it's like oh you could drive across the whole thing in like three four five six hours you know what i mean we're six hours into our drive and we're not even halfway here. We're changing climates. We're changing terrain. We, we train. We're we changing. Uh, yeah. You know, like there's, there is an America to discover. Yeah. You know? It's Whereas, a huge playground. Like, uh, it's, and it's, and, and a lot of the cities are very different. Like we got to get you down to like new Orleans, like yeah, really unique does not feel like an American city. Miami, doesn't feel it feels international it doesn't feel like an american city yeah there's so many fun places yeah and so many fun people and i know that like everything news wise that we're bombarded with is so negative and the actual reality of the third dimension and finance like all of that is is so real and no matter where you are i don't think it's just like america specific but it's obviously very real in america um but I also feel like when you experience, like, again, like every grocery store that I've been to since I've been on St. Simon's Island, I like have fully been immersed into my cashier's family and their story and what they're doing this weekend yeah. and the mm. conversations abound. And there does seem to be an excitement that you don't feel like you get just from consuming internet culture or whatever. Like there's still people that like actually don't care about what they look like or all these stupid fucking things that we're all wrapped up in. They're like, they just, they're literally just concerned about like 
having as much fun as possible. Like we, yeah. Anyways, I know a lot of people are in survival mind and I don't want to be dismissive of that. Like we're all fucking struggling out here. But, um, I do think there is a lot of just like beautiful, amazing excitement in America. And that a lot of the projected suffering also comes back to that like main person story that we're all kind of owed a kingdom. Mm. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that brings up those feelings within us too. So we have more agony in maybe a certain state of living that other people wouldn't have who because we have this we think we deserve more we think we're entitled to more and we are like i think it's 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 making it's it's progressing human evolution and consciousness and stuff but it also brings a lot of suffering you know i think we're in a lot of agony as americans again where we make good art it's a good way of putting it (laughs) yeah um well we work against our own best interest because we think we are on the pathway to be the one percent Yes. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. be like, fuck yeah. these poor people, even when we're poor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because we're like, we see ourselves as the main character who's going to break through and be like a billionaire like Kylie Jenner. So it's just a matter of time before we get there. And right. we want to make sure our taxes are low when we do get there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to be, do that main character story and become a billionaire, but I'm going to give it away. I promise. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Oh yeah. I know you want it. <laughs> Had to do it to him. <laughs> I should I should at least get a million or two. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I'm like these we we gotta win one of these games, you know what I mean? Yeah. We can't keep be getting beat by these motherfuckers. Yeah. Cause yeah. I know the difference between like the the billionaires are paying attention to astrology too. Yeah. Oh, I heard some of the most interesting astrological fact I heard of my life yesterday, which is that the most percentage of billionaires are Pisces. Whoa. Interesting. Interesting. I love it. That's that's definitely like the serial killer thing, you know, like it's interesting to know what the Totally, which I think the main one is actually when you look into it, Scorpio and Sag. It's not Virgo, even though Virgo it's like that they're the most famous. When you Uh, really look at it. I thought it was Gemini. There's a lot of Gemini energy in there too. Anyway, not not to hate on you if you're got serial killer blood. We all have serial killer blood. We all have an issue. Yeah, but if you're killer. if you're if you're Pisces and not a billionaire, you better check yourself. What are you not what doing? What are you right? doing? Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? I tattooed a lady that worked for who's competitive with JP Morgan. Chase. Oh, it was somebody like no. Uh one of the most biggest companies. Charles Schwab or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And she worked for them a predict helping predict through lunar cycles and the Fibonacci spiral. Wow. So I'm trying to get into my astrological money. I hope the angels hear me. I've also been trying to, as I say, pray to the aliens. And I'm like, I'm like, what makeup would aliens like? I'm like, how do I call these guys down? What kind of fits are they into? Yeah. What kind of songs do they like? Sometimes I think the aliens mm. respond too quickly when I ask for money <laughs> that I like don't do it that often because I'm like... I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to test it too many times. You don't want to call when it too soon. When we've really, really, really needed money, we've called on the aliens, and they come through very quickly. What we have to do for the money isn't always our favorite thing. Yeah. But you yeah. know, sometimes they'll throw you down a challenge like that, <laughs> and you're like, "I did want this money, and but I did I really call on you, but fucking, do I really have to go do work for Royal Caribbean?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like one of the jobs we didn't end up getting, and it was kind of like a thank God, but we worked our ass off to get it. it was for like the U.S. military. <laughs> yeah, right away, Cass was like, "Hey, uh, we have this thing coming in. Like, it's for the military. Like, are are you cool with that?" I was like, "We need money. 
I'm cool with anything. Like we have to do what we have to do. Yeah, and that is a great American story. Yeah, yeah. you dance with the devil. Well, <laughs> it, it it brings <laughs> out something. It, it I think just like the, the just the tiny but huge thing that we don't have health care brings out like it just this landscape that I just don't think a lot of other developed countries can wrap their head around. There's no way to afford fucking healthcare here. There's no way. Even if you have insurance, they they want your money and they're going to get it. And our whole culture is like around making you addicted and not healthy. And then you get sucked into this institution of healthcare, quote unquote. And it just, the stuff that people have to do to afford that, to get around it, to, it just creates this crazy atmosphere of creativity and wildness yeah. and not giving a fuck. Yeah. Because once you realize what I was just talking about, you're on the path to like becoming a wook or a juggalo or something like, oh, fuck. Oh, there is no way to get ahead. It would take a goddamn miracle to fucking get ahead in this thing, even if you well, did would, everything right. It would take toxic masculinity. It would take toxic masculinity. And a lot of people aren't cut out for that and they don't want to do that. So they're like, I've done it. I'll just find the other freaks. I've done it too. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And you'll, we'll we'll both probably have to continue with a little bit of it. What we're trying to do now is to avoid that. The part of our system, like it's the system that we're playing with is such a weird thing. So it's like, if you want to play, that's the buy in ticket. Yeah. That's the go Annie. sit at the table. Yeah. Um. But the hope is we do a Beyonce thing where we fucking play with the people <laughs> giving the handouts, and then you get make your own table. Yeah. You know that's yeah. the goal. It's like I play yeah. with your stupid fucking male gaze long enough so that I can build my own goddamn but table. That's that's the uh, that's the delusion that has kept this whole thing going, and I was there at one it's point. Not, yeah, but know. it's not a delusion. Uh, I, I, How it, could you say that? Be, it could, the the likelihood. Like we're what? an exception, but the You're likelihood. In such a scarcity no, no, I'm saying the likelihood that you here in America uh, transcend your class is just it's it's ridiculous. It's abysmal. It you know especially now that the ante, the buy-in, is two hundred fifty thousand dollars for your education. No generations before dealt with this. Yeah. So the, the chance of you getting out of that and building wealth and doing all these things to where you're distributing wealth now and you have your table. It's ridiculously abysmal, and the people that do get it, uh, it's usually a lot of nepotism and family money and advantages and this and that. It's it's very rare. We highlight those stories because it's what keeps the American dream alive and keeps people working hard and not just enjoying their life. Yeah. Is, uh, is that is that idea that we could get out of our class struggle and be the one that, like the Robin Hood type of thing, but... Uh, the reason we celebrate those people so much is because it's so rare. It so rarely happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have Not this that we shouldn't uh, <clears throat> fucking die trying. <laughs> yeah. They have the system set up um, and rigged against you. Yes. Basically um, that. But know that this is unmoving math. The more complex it is the more opportunity there is the more chaos there is the more opportunity there is and we go into yeah. more and more complexity every single moment of every single day so in that way there's Get a lot of hope fucking ready for the yeah. chaos of the next two years and if you're somebody who is not part of the matrix and um has had a hard time setting up their own responsibility like this is your fucking time to shine yeah. this is you setting up your own dimension this is you decorating that dimension yourself this is you calling people in 
Um, because yeah, there's, there's a lot of spaces, um, for new stuff to be birthed as, you know, the old world we all feel is dying very rapidly and no, not dying in like the empire is falling kind of a delusional way, but, um, in a way that there is space for you to lay out ground. Um, and yeah, I wish, I wish like, I wish I believed more in people doing it on their own. I do think some people's story specifically is laid out so that you can't actually get help from other people and you own, it is on you. Yeah. But a lot of people's stories are reliant, um, like both of you, you know, on yeah. other people oh. and other people being involved. And I, um, I think there are a lot of people in the community that have resources that want to help. Um, but yeah, there's definitely got to be a willingness to, yeah, I work together and collaborate and be uncomfortable and bring other people in to the fold and that ain't <clears throat> always the american way that's not the way we're taught yeah you know? that's why everything's so fragmented right you know? even our families like, right. like everybody go off and do your own individual thing uh-huh. get your bank account filled it has yes. nothing to do with this family thriving. Yeah, we used to have like uh family businesses it mm-hmm. used to be yeah. more like that where we'd yeah. work together where you're collaborating with the people closest to you where it's like an ongoing conversation not like designated time so it could be like more fun i think yeah, but I I like what you're saying. It makes me curious about what else is in store the next couple of years. And <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think one of the things we should have talked about on the last podcast, but we could talk about it on this one is uh, AI taking over. And Mary and I had a really interesting conversation about this the other day, where I basically came to the conclusion where I was like, "All right, the only thing we can do at this point is brace for it and start to learn um, more about ourselves and how we would." how we can use these things to enhance our lives and bring more joy and happiness and freedom to our lives. Like if we could all get on that mindset, there's nothing to be scared about with AIs getting smarter and smarter and stuff. You know, I think it's learning how to collaborate with them, learning how to help them express themselves, how to teach them to help us express ourselves, how to be more efficient. I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that, that is your bag in life, figure out how AI can apply to it. It's Instead of being threatened that it's going to take over your thing, use learn how to work with this. It's power to the people. Yeah. Like yes, it's it's like it's hard to get out of your class, but like at what point in human history could you ha- take three seconds to learn about anything? Oh, I can learn yeah. how to build a car online. I can learn how to you know, write all my own music. I can learn how to be a composer. I can learn sign language. I can learn Spanish, Chinese, Mandarin. I can learn how to engineer. I can learn how to code. There isn't a single thing that isn't available for free that a robot can't also help me with. Yeah. You know, like we, it's so cool. It is. I want a little <laughs> robot friend. I do. I cried all the way through Wally, so I'm maybe not of the best course. person to talk about all this stuff. <laughs> but like, I can't wait. I used to be kind of scared of Alexa and stuff, but I really have transcended like the fear of privacy. And again, like this pan-psychops, like it seems like the computers are tapped into whatever you consider to be God or the angels or whatever. Like it's another pathway <laughs> for channeling. It's another intelligence that's able to channel. <coughs> Um, so well, yeah, get uh, excited. About how could something be not within God? Within the supercomputer. It's a super, I think, exactly. I wish, I wish I remember what Rick and Morty episode it was, but you know, D 
deep heads will know the episode where Rick builds like this little village of people that like generate energy for him. And then <laughs> oh, within that that's village one of, of people, favorites. the scientists built another, like, I think that's what we're doing with AI. Like we're AI within a supercomputer that these other aliens built. You know what I mean? And then we're building this AI supercomputer to help us out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause yeah, th- th- I feel like the more, like, I feel like Wi-Fi is, is the psychic thing. And I feel like the more that we've been like stringing up the, this electricity to get connected through our phones, like it's connected our heads more. Oh yeah. So anyway, I'm very excited about We're the electric. revolution. Oh, it's yeah, happening. It's happening. Um, I really, yeah. I mean, obviously, like UBI, like that needs to happen. Everybody needs universal basic income because it, it is going to take your job, and it should take your job. You'd like we shouldn't have you fucking flipping burgers or whatever. Fuck, whatever. Like, let's have robots. Let's do use it. this yeah. for the benefit of the people. Yes, that's what I'd like to see. Benefit of the people. Yeah, so um, more people can can do whatever they want. Yeah, and within that, especially going back to like the medical field and community and stuff, because like it is very dark. But I'm also like, don't go see Western medicine. The, the, the reality is like herbs are all here on the planet to cure you. And there are people and intelligences that you can tap into to give you the information to cure whatever ailment you have. Mm. It's just crazy that we're sucked into a system that we even think that we need these stupid fucking idiot doctors who are just people that were too scared to do anything else other than life other than parrot books that were written by completely suppressed fucking yeah. white patriarchal yeah. Americans a million years ago within the most closed minded space. And then repeat that to you 50 years later as if it's relevant to your fucking nutrition story balance <laughs> or whatever. It's like, well, it's you- psychotic. It's, it's it, fucking if you go to, it's psychotic well it's crazy like like my my mom and having a daughter for 35 years that has epilepsy my mom knows more about epilepsy than the doctors of course. And, and she has the top doctors in the world that's why they stay living in new york is to stay with access to nyu and dr davinsky and all these like world-renowned neuroscientists my mom knows more than them but trust them more because she doesn't have the degree i'm like you have the degree yeah you're certified you're <laughs> certified you've seen more seizures than these motherfuckers ever have trust me trust me yet we still defer to them and all they're doing is fucking experimenting on my sister i think harvesting her for money to try experiments that they go learn about from a pharmaceutical conference and yeah. from this company so saying, coming addic- in hard with yeah so that the pharmaceutical companies can make money for the rest of Caitlin's life yeah. on her being dependent on a drug. And it's yeah. all just reinforcing. It comes back to you not believing in yourself. The whole system is rigged for you. And that's what can get you sick, too. Yeah. Don't believe your body can process yeah. the way that it's supposed to be processing. Yeah, Don't right. believe the environment is appropriate for you. It is, yeah. It's like this ingrained you can't handle it. You can't, you know, you're mm. not you don't have the um, capacity to listen when it's like. The, the deepest issues are Caitlin's listening and the, 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 then that coming on to Kathy and, you know. Uh, the, the deepest issue, and no one will ever talk about it, is uh, fear. Yeah. That's it for Katie. Yeah. That's what triggers epilepsy, of course. fear and stress. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't know what your physical manifestations of that are, but I break out. Yeah. Like if I'm under fear and stress. Yeah. Um, like Cass gets certain issues, like everyone has it. Caitlin's thing is she goes into a seizure. So instead of chilling out the vibe in my house, we just experiment on Katie with fucking medications that we have to have her blood tested like every other day to make sure she's not in liver failure because like that's the side effect of this one. Wait, we're going to destroy... We're going to destroy one of her most important organs to try to prevent her from having these seizures. Maybe Katie needs to have seizures. Maybe we all need to start getting cool with that. Yeah. And I think my my family has come around to that, but it's taken me taking a bunch of psychedelics and like 
burning down all my belief systems and building them back up to then teach them like, Hey, there's other ways to think about it. We got to use critical thinking for Katie's health. And like her epilepsy has been such a gift to us in that way. It's kept us like on, on top of it. Shit. We have no idea what Katie's doing for the matrix and what she's able to process and the amount of data that life is asking her to process in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, it's like the mistrust. We don't trust it. We don't trust Katie. We don't trust her path. We don't like... Yeah. And that gets doubled down to like investing in these other things that say that we should trust well, them. Like, 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 and it's crazy because it's like we judge her by some standard. Even my dad, he'll be like, look, I'm mean, like, Sean, all she sits there and says is look at the dog. I'm like, that is her saying, come back to the moment, please. It's the only place I have. I don't have like my memories all yeah. fucked up. Mm-hmm. I don't have a future to look forward to or anything. Errands to run. I, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I don't have anything. To, can you come back to the moment? And that, and her way of doing that, and it's very simple. I think it's adorable. She's like the dog. Yeah. You know. Where's the dog? Where's the dog? Yeah. Oh, the dog loves you. Earth tether. Dogs are so great for that. Yeah. And yeah, she's the dog misses Mowgli. I'm like, you miss Aaron. Like that's her way of, you know, like yeah. that's how she processes her emotions. It's very, it's very sweet. It's, yeah. it's very sweet. But, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like when we meet her on that level, it's actually a way higher dimension than any of us could tap into because we have a bunch of shit to do and shit to worry about. Caitlin's kind of like a monk, like, yeah. like Absolutely. everything's taken care of. For I really her. believe that. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, okay. you know, yeah. epileptic people. Yeah. She's a wounded Buddha. Yeah, they're they're literally. I mean, that's like they're. It's like I think there's data being flooded in mm-hmm. um, that we don't all get. Oh, you know. Yeah, it's sensory she, overload. She's clearly way more psychic. Yeah. Oh you know, my she's god. She's tapped into so much and like yeah. She's so psychic. She doesn't even question it, but she'll say stuff that'll spook you for fucking a decade. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Katie, can you chill out? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I remember when we did um, MDMA once on a family <sighs> vacation. Yeah, we were in crazy. a separate room and. On the other this side nev- of this this huge complex of condos, this we got our own. This never happens, but Kathy came with Katie. 10 p.m. At 10 p.m., which... Knocking was, on our condo door. And just being like, she wanted to come visit you guys. And it was like, cool, well, let's we're do like, some art together right. and stuff. She came but like, in and we, we started drawing pugs. We were blind, but we were I, there was one of that energy. There's no doubt she yeah. could... She, she felt it. She felt it and was very drawn to like... The first time I did LSD... Katie had her worst night of seizures. We were in Seattle. Yeah. And we took LSD and I didn't really call home or do the whole thing before, but we woke up to like 25 missed calls, like emergency. Katie had 14 grand mal seizures. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, I, 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 not to say like, oh, we did that or I did that, but like. It definitely gave us pause and wanted to be more conscious. Just be like, we're we're very connected and, and, you know, um. Katie appreciates a baseline chill and I was fucking with that. Mm-hmm. And now I've gotten more used to LSD that it's helped her. Yeah. It helps her. Yeah. You know, and she's drawn to us when we do that stuff. Yeah. So it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I want us to have, that's like why I started at public spiritual, even though it makes me throw up in my mouth conversations. Cause I, I want us to have different language and a different way to navigate in a less like demonizing way. Like Western medicine does of you're sick and you need to be fixed or whatever of like pathologizing there are, everything. There are different experiences of life that we're not all paying attention to like ground floor, Yeah, you know? And until I became much more viscerally open to them, I was like, Oh, we got it. Pe- people need, people need work. People need some, from some fucking tracks yeah in these open you know fields of chaos that they're traversing where they're hearing different voices and and they're um, looking for something to hold on to and 
they'll use uh, you know the language of Western medicine and cling to that because that's the new religion in a lot yes, of ways. Like religion, religion used to really work for us, then politics used to really yeah. work for something we could believe in, and Western medicine is something people really believe in. So, you know, they're like, "Oh, fucking, I'm neurodivergent," and it's like. Uh, okay, yeah, probably by their standards or whatever. But what you're saying is you're a sensitive person and this life isn't working for you. How do, like, if more people could just kind of start looking at it like that, maybe we could start to change the world instead of Medicaid. Because yeah. when you start saying, like, and staking claims. I need to claim, change, not yeah, the world needs exactly, to change. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and you do. You do need to change. But, like, saying... Uh, I don't know, starting to use their language and pathologize yourself and fucking self-diagnose and go around with that story, I'd, it's only going to manifest itself. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I just fear that then people will turn towards the next inevitable step, which is medication. And that's when you start cutting off access to a lot of the stuff we're trying to talk about. Yeah. Which is pain and, and fear, but traversing it and figuring out how to do that and riding the wild through life, which is tough. Yeah. And it, it's, it really is how you take it and what you make it. And I know that's annoying, but um, it's not like, it's not scary or negative to hear other voices other than your own in your head. If you're tapped in, it's going to happen sometimes. There's a chorus of influence in every given moment and a mm. chorus of motions that are happening for you to tap into. Um, but yeah, I, I see just how easily people have a, just a slightly different experience and what's described through culture and television and then just easily fall into i'm i'm disabled you know i yeah. really can't yeah um so yeah um it's 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 a tough thing to talk about it's super know? tough to talk about yeah um but I've, I've seen it up close with my family so with the very physical stuff with katie and then with the very mental stuff with my dad with him struggling with mental health and addiction and um seeing what's helped him and what's hurt him and Right now, you know, he for the past few years he's at a, been at a place where like where he's on like uh, Lexapro and Seroquel and Ativan, and you know we get like a good kind of steady version of him from time to time, but it doesn't work for him because he still wants to he will add Xanax to the mix and start abusing narcotics. Yeah. And uh, Ativan's already that's what we use to get Katie out of grand mal seizures. Yeah. And my dad's taking that and like I know people are prescribed that and it really helps with anxiety and stuff. Um, and it works very quickly. It's a very useful thing to have. Yeah. But but isn't that interesting what we're saying about Caitlin, that she would respond to an anti-anxiety medication, the seizures? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are we... The, the like, same thing my dad takes to not have anxiety is what take, it takes Katie to pull her out of a seizure. Yeah. Wouldn't I that say something about the environment? Yeah. I didn't tell you this, but I had one on July 29th of 2022. And it's... Had what? Like a seizure. What? I've had like three in my life. The other ones were yeah. drug overdoses. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's, um, and then I was talking to about about it to one of the therapists that I tattoo. I tattoo a lot of therapists, and there's like a whole category of seizures. You know, they try, and this is only by like reductive science, right? So it's very limited. But um, like physically, like emotional induced seizures. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that like yeah, it's all brought to like how you're even describing the thoughts that are coming in yeah you know it's a process so much yeah interesting so much so wow where were you in my house oh okay thank god yeah fucking crazy i've only seen one other person other than katie have a seizure and it was in colorado and it was actually a woman on a bus and she started to swallow her tongue or whatever like we got the full yeah oh whoa yeah it was it was really wild when i was yeah. young 
Um, but yeah, we're, we are emotional beings physically processing things. Yeah. We are emotional beings physically processing Mm -hmm. things. (laughs) That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. And, um, we all have processing eras and then that comes out in the form of your stomach hurting or seizure or a headache or a bitchy attitude (laughs) or Or breakouts or or cancer or a breakout. Um, yeah. Um, we're overstimulated and overwhelmed and um it's and and stress is like really at the core of a lot of this stuff totally you know like but but like seizures are just such a potent fucking reminder of that because it's as far as you can go without dying it's like you sit with katie when she's in a fucking string of seizures it is it's insane yeah it's insane her body crazy oh my god god and like just trying to like trying to connect with them between the seizures to to just be like you got to get some breaths right now your lips are turning blue like you need to get some in breaths right now it's like it's 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 very intense so um but but it's it's exactly what you're saying it's it's just it's it's an emotional thing it's an emotional thing and i think my, my family needs to be more mindful of that and um more people need to be more mindful of that in general you know, and, and instead of getting on people's case about not recognizing your, you know, divergence or your pronouns or this or that, just like, just try to be a good, chill person because there's a lot of people out there that can't even handle the, handle the overwhelm of all that stress of like, I might be offending people, you know, because believe it or not, people, most people aren't trying to offend people and you can tell when they are. Yeah. So give people a fucking break, you know, because 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 a lot of fucking there's just it's no coincidence that we have such an uptight culture right now. And all these these things like depression and anxiety are running rampant and everyone's on Adderall and like everyone. No one has an attention span and everyone's addicted to nicotine and fucking all the Adderall and all this shit. And it's just like it's because this place is so fucking intense. And, you know, for someone like my sister, it manifests in seizures. For someone else, it might manifest in addiction or workaholism or alcoholism or or whatever it may be. But I don't know. I just always think, like, it starts with me. I can soften my own being. Like, I used to be a much more fiery, intense, confrontational person. And that part of me comes out from time to time. But the more I've calmed that down, the more I've seen, oh, wow, that actually affects the way my parents are. That affects the way Cass is. That affects the way you are. That's the the garden I can touch in my life. Mm-hmm. And th- all that brings peace to Katie's life. Yeah. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we moved in to help them out in April last year and Katie stopped having seizures. And uh, on a, a few days that, uh, ca- a few days Katie's had out of control seizures since we've moved there. Yeah. And we, we, we document them all. Like every seizure Katie's ever had has been documented. I think if we also documented emotional outbursts in that house, the graph would totally coincide. Because mm-hmm. the days Katie had seizures, I could have told you she would. I felt like having a fucking seizure. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, get me out of here. I'll be on the phone with you all day. Like, yo, it's so intense here. I don't want to bother you with this, but it's so intense. <laughs> yeah. The screaming, the yelling, and the anxiety. And that's just my parents' uh, unprocessed grief, you know, from all the tragedies that they've suffered. But... Yeah. It fucking comes out in Katie having seizures because she's not like me and Cass where she can't say, like, guys, calm down, right. stop it. She just takes it, and she takes it on, and then she has these seizures. But since we've been there, it's calmed down. There's still outbursts, and on those days, Katie has seizures. So 
I, as, as much as it might uh, offend my mom, I'm like, we should start writing down when, when we have like really intense days here. And, yeah. and just like, let's track that the way we track Katie seizures. Yeah. I think we can figure out how to solve these things without Katie needing really any medicine. Yeah. Sean and I had a fight the other day. Mm-hmm. And he was like all worked up and upset. And I like couldn't bring myself to get upset. And I was like, look, I can't even get upset because I'm so grateful to be reminded that we used to spend so many more days a week like this fighting. I'm yeah. like, this is so rare for us that like, I know that it's like a seizure. Like it's an ex- something that needs to be like expressed and exercised between us. But I'm just like in so much gratitude that it's happening like the, for the first time this month, than like the, you know, fifth time this week, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's good. I appreciate that. And yeah, you holding that space makes me even in that moment be like, okay, cool. This is temporary. I don't have to take it that seriously. And you know, totally um that's me having a seizure you know like when i'm like ah oh yeah 100%. You, know, you see me 100 <laughs> percent. um yeah i just kind of had this conversation with somebody about tattooing too because a, a video came up on my feed with a guy like trembling getting his chest tattooed and some girl who has like a kind of heavier chest piece was like i literally fell asleep during mine kind of giving him a hard time and I can get on that that high horse and ego trip about myself because I can handle a lot of pain but it is it is like probably one of the most fascinating angles of my job of putting people in pain all the time and seeing how psychological it is and how Mm. people deal with it and put themselves through it and the different personalities and how they do better with it and how some personalities you know are going to be worse with it um yeah how how are you going to take it and, and, and there is a physical pain to it. That's inherent. It, 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 it hurts. But the, the way you can see in real time people turn that into suffering or overwhelm. It's sensational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sensational. Yeah. But you, as you get more tattooed, you kind of deconstruct what is pain. Yeah. You know, and I think you, most people that get tattooed like getting tattooed. There, there, there's some men I know that are like, I hate it, but I do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you usually can get into it. Um, the pulse of the electricity is, is very, um, makes you feel amazing. It gives you endorphins, you know, mm-hmm. floods your system. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a learned skill. It's a learned thing. And that's why you know women are going to do better because you deal with periods your whole life in pain and sort of getting, trusting that the next moment's not going to be the same as the last moment. And that's a big part of getting through tattooing. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I've <laughs> definitely had friends who have told me like it's therapy for them. Like they yeah, need a oh, new yeah. tattoo because they haven't gone to their, you know, pain therapist. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. It's usually in, uh, it's very transitional for people that aren't like covered. They'll come in like, mm. you know, different grief periods or, and I'll, it can kind of break you out of something too. I think it can be a portal in that way. Yeah. You know, you're going to get through this four hours and then, you know, you can get through the thing that's really been on your mind. Oh yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, like same thing. Ayahuasca does yeah, it's for very you. Psychedelic you're like, oh, I got through that. Wow. I'm, I'm way stronger than I thought. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, psychedelic is the best way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you carry evidence of that. Like <laughs> I fucking went through some pain for this, but look how beautiful it is. And okay, Oh yeah. And on, you know. the, the, uh, the energy of, of the person transferring it to you. And some people are scarred up. Some people get tattooed by me and it's a very easy experience. Some mm. people, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's all different kinds of it too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been, yeah. One of the most interesting like census levels of my job of mm. like seeing so many humans come in and out and like the variety between them. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's like the little girls that are the toughest, you know? Yeah. And when I was a piercer, when I was learning how to tattoo and I was piercing, that's mainly young girls. It's like the only part of the population that's like, stick a hole in me. You know, it's <laughs> kind of interesting. It's like 90% of the people you pierce are very young girls. Mm. Um, and the, yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting because we have this conception of men being so destructive, but it's like, you couldn't get them to sit in this chair and have me stick a needle through their nipple yeah, or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this is all this girl's playpen and their oh time. They're coming God. in these swaths of bachelorette parties yes. or whatever, you know? Um, so, oh, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't I guess we were just talking about processing and I was thinking about pain processing and stuff too. Well, and that's I, like a, you know a, what it, a more potent or whatever. You know what it makes me of think it. of? A, a radically different example, but yeah. it's a funny one. Um, God, I don't know how we haven't talked about this yet, but like, have you seen these videos? It's compilations of them of like cops passing out um, around fentanyl. Yes. Isn't that a ridiculous phenomenon? Yeah. That well, is. it's they're so. I mean, there's the, yeah. the fear has been built up so high. Especially to them, they have to go to like training programs where people will come in and be like, "If you see this stuff, you will die. <laughs> One grain of it, and and really, none of it's true. You can't." overdose from fentanyl unless you ingest it it's not going to happen through touching it or your skin or whatever oh interesting uh, like know uh, you know and so yeah like and and doctors every time these videos get released because fox news loves like yeah showing this as it's, it, if it's a real news no, story it seems like, like they od like yeah like cops ods in yeah. the middle of the road on smelling fentanyl We're like oh my god that poor baby and it's like and there's always some doctor right there like, by the way, that can't happen. This yeah. is fear mongering. I don't know what the fuck this is, but they really are passing out. Yeah. And it really is just a physical response to something like it's their worst fear. Totally. It's their like and uh, totally it, like it's it's really crazy on top of cops like killing black people left and right. <laughs> on top of the police force being the worst it, thing that we but ever it's the same thing. They've, tr yeah. they've been trained. It's been just fucking pushed on them like be scared there's a threat out there there's predators out there it's black men they're fucking gonna do anything like just all this stuff and they that's they respond by fucking using lethal force on them but it's hilarious that they get around what sometimes isn't even fentanyl they think it is yeah absolutely and they fucking pass out oh the placebo is so fucking it's real it's so funny it's so funny it's so funny we should just keep a little fentanyl around us just to make cops pass out when they uh definitely that's how we could tell who a cop is definitely just have just have some fentanyl in the room or not even just be like that's fentanyl yeah. Yeah. Let's not. Anyone have that it passes out, that. you could tell they went through police training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I've had a few people pass out on me tattooing. Piercing, you had a lot of people pass out, and it was always yeah. afterwards. You pierce them, and then they saw the blood, and then they pass out. Yeah. Oh. I used to. I mean, I used to love videos of people screaming and yelling and passing out and tattooing. <laughs> and I, I tried sending you a few, and I'm like, I'm probably re-traumatizing Mare from shit she's already seen. Like, it's hilarious to me, but this is like her profession. Like tattoo artists, like yelling at people, like, hey. This is your tattoo. <laughs> so I told you I had to do I that. I can't this do week. it. You it had horrible. to do it this week. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh my god. Get it together. You wanted this. <laughs> Don't make me feel like I'm torturing you. You fucker. You're was, paying me was, to do this. I was a goddamn fucking Mario '90s R&B love song. I was like, I can't do this unless you let me love you. <laughs> <sighs> Like Holy you have to shit. let me tattoo you. Yeah. Um, let me love. <laughs> let me be the one to. <laughs> but yeah, people scooch away from you subconsciously on the table. You know, like their muscles twitch. Wow. Um, you really have to consciously be there. Like I'm receiving their needle. Like I love this. I want this. Give it yeah. to me. Yeah, man. Give it to me. I Come need on. it. I mean, 
and and I've had such an easier get time getting tattooed when I've been like upset in my life. Mm. You know, yeah, you're it's, like it's I deserve this. Get, yeah, it's harder <laughs> to get tattooed when you're like super stoked or whatever. Um, you're like, wait, I liked my, I liked the dimension I was on. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 yeah. It makes more sense to your brain when you're breaking out of something or whatever. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go in there as like a happy, loving little, you know. Why would you, yeah? Why, why am I, why am I inviting in pain? pain into my life right now? <laughs> it's totally. feeling good. Totally. Yeah. No, I have the same client. I have easy times and hard times depending on where they're at. I know? want Mary to give me a white tattoo, so it's just like a scar. That would be cool. That would be cool. Scarification. Yeah. And so I can feel it and know what know what it's all about. Yeah, we could just bloodline it. We don't have to do any ink. Yeah, let's just fucking penetrate me. <laughs> People still can't believe that you haven't tattooed us. I know. Someone was asking me the other day, like, wait, you don't have any Should tattoos? Mare's never tattooed you. I was like, Mare won't. I don't think she would tattoo us. I think she's extremely responsible. Like, really. You know? At least not while the oxytocin's still flowing. We have to wait three years to get tattooed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or exactly. you tattooed your soul. I know. Yeah. I know. I don't care about your flesh. <laughs> I've already got it. <laughs> well, that's why we have you designing shirts for us now. So yeah, we, we can wear, wear your, your tattoos, art, you know? yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I, really I cool. will use your man body as a mannequin here soon and totally fake tat you out. I'm trying to get sculpted for it. Yeah. <laughs> I keep um, a healthy diet and do my exercise <laughs> for this moment. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, yeah, it's so weird. My relationship is so complex. My relationship with tattooing. I love it. Yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm really uh, I'm so psyched about the shift that kind of seemingly simultaneously took place with both of our careers around the same time. Like we're uh, I, when we got together, we were both like kind of like you're like I'm not really tattooing. And I was like I'm not really a filmmaker either. I mean I'm not I'm not a tattoo artist. I'm a musician. You heard it right now here yeah, from yeah. the fucking streets. Um, but if you know me, I'll tattoo you. You know. Yeah. It's just I my relationship has changed with it so much, and it just feels opposite. Like it how it did when i entered the industry almost you know that's great yeah no it is great and it's it's weirdly enough the thing that i make my money doing but like somehow to me like the furthest thing attached to money in this weird way where like yeah. I, it, I know it's karmic i know i'm like this weird portal metal tool that comes into people's lives to fucking yeah <laughs> spill their blood to whatever angels they need so they yeah. can move on and move through and um, yeah, I had to get to a much more trusting place during my Saturn return and all the things that I do and having such a heavy hand in people's lives and, mm. you know, grappling with influence and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the way that gets me out of it is just like, oh, I'm, I really am a part of this story mm-hmm. to think that I could even live a life where I didn't influence people and any demonization of that influence is just some weird personal judgment and. You know, the villains in my life have been just as important, if not more important, than the people that have been nice to me. So, <clears throat> mm. Thank God for the villains. Thank God for the villains. Yeah. This is my villain era. Yeah. Well, they make you up your game. They make you, you know, uh, in a way. Yeah. Well, they're they're probably edgelords, and they're probably a villain of, like, your stagnation. It probably yeah. felt like that in that moment because there were parts of you that didn't want to move on and move forward or accept a part of yourself. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they had to break you out. They had to play the villain. They had to play the... Yeah. Something to push up against. Something to push up against. Yeah. Um, I love... Yeah. You actually hit it. I will. As I talk more. Yeah, say a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess a lot of the freedom and the love for it is is come just as I said, like getting a little bit higher from the duality and um, 
into the messiness. One of the first lines from any book that ever moved me because I had a hard time reading growing up because I was always so auditory and audiobooks weren't a, a really a big thing. Um, was from this book, Notes to Myself. And I think it's the very last line of the book. Uh, let see if I can remember it. And he says, words, uh, like words are straight um, and ideas have lines, but the world is messy. Come walk with me in the mud. And I had never had any string of letters hit me like that hit me I think because my parents used words so much I almost found it pretentious and I was like over it or whatever but I was like wow this really brought me into the romance of humanity which I keep wanting to come back to within this human lifetime right because we can get so caught up in the struggle of humanity like the the romance is in the struggle of course but like god damn yeah it I mean it, it just comes back to the romance of being American you know because uh, even if you even if you were born into means like yourself, mm-hmm. it's a struggle. Because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to worry about that. I don't care about what do I care about. And the stuff you care about is is tough. It's really hard to become a tattoo artist that keeps their schedule filled and you know gets paid. Yeah. Really well. um, and becoming a musician. Well, well, my demonization of it was all of this like casting out of my messiness was calling like I started tattooing on cocaine because I desperately needed finances that weren't my parents because they didn't support me and I didn't want to have anything to do with them and so I was hungry and I saw an opportunity where my intelligence could be placed into a container and maybe siphoned for other people and so I did it and it's messy and I uh, do blood ritual sacrifice and that's messy and Mm. the whole like what I do as a human even I like the way that I'm like there's a there's an element of that to it and um I really had to get into like the beauty of that and like the romance of that and the infantilization of that and not like the casting out of it. Cause like the reality is nobody, like we're not here. We're not here for Christ consciousness. Like we're not here to obtain like this perfect, pure, whatever. It's the messiness of enmeshment and attachment and collaboration and disappointment and everything that tattoos amplify tattoos make you, grapple with time and the changes in it more than any other art form tattoos um make you question perfection what does that look like what you know mm. it, it really gets you deeper into the mess of humanity which you hope suffers you in the right direction and will eventually expand you right in your consciousness and stuff um but it's definitely not i can't sit on a high horse like my job like oh i'm just like a surgeon that saves lives or a doctor like no it's it's dirty and it's half dark and um but like that's life yeah. And to think that like my music isn't because it's lighter and it's airier and it affects you less. It's like, who knows though? Like, I think no matter what, like you're carrying your art with you, your controversy and like you will be splitting heads yeah. as much as you're opening hearts and you will be, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like we, you know, with uncomfortable art, upsetting people as much as you're comforting them, mm. as much mm. as you're making them feel found. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, and so I've, even in that, because it took really like a very intense negative experience for me within the tattoo scene too, that like sent me down this like holy shit, should oh. I be this negative entity for people? Mm. Um, but it also got me into a deeper level of consciousness with energy exchange and being more careful about the thoughts I had around people while I was working with them and like being a more caring, more present person for people as that tool of 
whatever I am as a tattoo artist to break you out of your ideal of perfection or mm. whatever I'm doing for you in that moment. Um, cause even like th- there's times that like, I should have spent more time on that person. I hate to admit it out loud in front of God and everyone themselves, but like I have been tired and not hung over, but like showing up to tattoos where I should have prepared more or whatever. And like you come around to your set and return and I have every single memory of those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And every single second I should have been more present with people and been less in- into my emotional space and more yeah. into theirs. Um, but you just you learn to trust all of those moments and as i've said before like as ill-prepared as i can be for stuff it's weird it's almost like i become part of somebody else's story and um stuff just happens to work out because it's supposed to work out for them anyways i'm blabbering on about you're killing it whatever but i love it get messy get dirty be individualized get attached is what i'm trying to say and what i've learned with tattoos this all of the parts of me that want to be like pure and clean and some ideal of, of perfection have definitely not brought me any fulfillment or happiness or expansion in my life. Yeah. Well, cause you're, you're attached to something and uh, yeah, I, I think the work is in no matter what's happening uh, it's happening for you, not to you. And like kind of trying to get to that place where uh, no matter what goes down, you're taking away the the proper lesson from it and the, the thing that applies most to your story. Yeah. yeah. And that's a lot of forgiveness. <laughs> right, Mowgli? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I deeply do believe we're not here to fit in. And yeah. Yeah. I guess I help people with that part of their artistry. Definitely. <clears throat> At the end of the day. When it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm boring <laughs> you though. We should stop. No, you're not. I just got incredibly ripped. Let's do I'm it. I'm in the vibe. You wanna you wanna cut it off? Yeah. All right, y'all. That was a damn fucking pleasure. That one was great, so we yeah. can it's okay if we ended up just We got I just got so high. We're all a little too blazed to keep it going. I'm just contact high. Yes, babe. That was a really quality transmission. You know? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, just being a bunch of bullshit. That's what we do here. That's all it's about. Yeah, this is the before we take Molly transmission. Yeah, I'm definitely like Molly deprived mayor consciousness. So, <laughs> but I feel that. like we're all no. doing good because you seem great. We we s- basically skipped one, like we haven't done it in six months. So we normally would do it like every three or four. We basically <laughs> skipped one, but I do think it it uh, it brought out the natural Molly in us a little bit. You know, haven't you felt like like since we since we put it on the calendar that we were coming down here and doing this? Haven't you already felt it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm editing the family trip right now and I'm like just immersed in. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I feel feel great. Yeah. I feel great too. I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. And (laughs) so what we'll do is the next morning we'll hop on when we're still feeling it basically. Okay. I think, I think that'd be fun. Let's fucking hop on while on it. Well, that's, we talked about that. Cass was like, (laughs) we should do a Molly podcast one time. I was like, that's, that is a great idea, but it's too sacred. If we didn't have to fucking wait three, four, five, six months between these things, like if you could get away with doing Molly like uh, once a month, like 
Yeah. Maybe, but yeah, I'm not wasting one of them sitting here on here with these things on my <laughs> head. <laughs> Talking about how much we love each other. God, what a waste. Oh, baby. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mowgli, you need a tattoo. You haven't even yeah. fucking sacrificed oh. any flesh to your fucking god yet. He wouldn't even flinch. <laughs> <laughs> I apprenticed a guy who had a tattooed pit bull. He tattooed her name Whoa. with like a ruby in her ear. Her name was Ruby. She had this like bling bling ruby in her ear. Wow. Was it cute? I know, and many people will not like that, but I come from rock and roll, motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, what do you think about? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What do you think about uh, taking a little bit of mushrooms while pregnant? I'm very pro. Okay. No, and not controversial at all to me. It's controversial it that you think con- it's controversial. I know. That's how radicalized I am. So no, I know. With it. I know. I know. Yeah, but can you see why it would be? No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no. I, I, think, do, I can't either, really. I think that, like, if you don't, I think it's controversial that you take, like, Ativan or Prozac or anything that big pharma gives you. I think that's do that while they're pregnant, right? insane. People do so that while to, they're yeah, we pregnant. So we have different values. Yeah. 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 Take, take the mushrooms while you're pregnant. Yeah. Definitely. Take the ayahuasca, smoke the weed. Mm. Mm. And the babies. We need the smart babies. We need these alien babies. Babies love a microdose. How do you think we got like this from apes? It's the mushrooms. Yeah. You want want to birth Jesus? Eat a bunch of mushrooms when you're pregnant. How is this even possible? (laughs) It's mushrooms. Shmushrooms. Shmushrooms. We found... Straight posture. Yeah. And speaking of, because all of our water is now contaminated. Yeah. Um, mushrooms, not just psychedelic ones, oyster mushrooms. Yeah. The are, ones that heal the known, earth and everything. Um, not just to get toxins from the soil, but in water too. Oh, really? Yes. Like I said, we were texting about this and you were like, oh, hemp and, and mushrooms can clean this up. And I'm like, it's just, they're not going to do that. Cause, uh, you know, I have family that work f- for like these companies that come help the environment they're capitalist companies and they're like here we're going to come out with our new technology and all these engineers and everything spread some fucking mushrooms and hemp around and get the fuck out of there and leave this town alone of course they're not going to do it they're not they're there's gonna, no contamination according to them there'll be billions once they admit it there'll be billions pumped into cleaning it up and it'll just be a cash grab for these fucking fake companies that don't give a fuck about the environment and aren't trying to do practical solutions you know yeah. Because they don't think in a large scale. And that's why this could even happen to begin with. They're, they're not thinking in a zoomed out scale. I'm like, yo, you're ruining this place for 5,000 years, 10,000 years, you know, forever. Oh, yeah. We're going to party with this toxic water until yeah. it takes us out. Oh, until yeah. Until the lights go out. Hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, y'all. Holy American water. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to do a little more or what are you thinking? Sure. Cool. We'll go over to the Patreon. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. we can do as little or as lot as we want. No rules. Uh, yeah. Well, I think uh, our Patreon shows are very loose and funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah com slash Church of Chill. We're going to do, we'll do another episode. And there's tons of other bonus episodes on there. And Joey's coming into town. So we're going to do some boys clubs. And we're taking Molly this weekend so our next podcast is going to be the morning after afterglow yes yeah. i couldn't be more excited for candy flip it feels like it's been yeah. 13 lifetimes yeah it's been months so. i haven't done any drugs this year it was my resolution same here so same here but like if you're look, listening you haven't kept with your resolution you're with me we're in the same boat it, it sets us up nice though it's because we just weekend. we yeah. just didn't really do drugs in like january or february 
and like you know we we got our brains in order i don't think i did drugs in december either no no we've been really taking it easy and focused on other shit but uh brain floss is a song i want to do Ooh, that's good maybe we can work on that yeah all right cool Join us, patreon.com slash church of chill. Follow Mare Bear on uh, any platform where you get music. The the hits keep coming, and it's it's really true, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, check out our movies. Yes. Yeah. Peace, love, and magic, guys. Shoo.